That sounds like John Cena's brother. He does. Thomasina! <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring in Thomasina! <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, what's your kryptonite? <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like a, uh, a quiz that I once played in a magazine, you know? Wait, it actually does. What's your kryptonite? What's your kryptonite? Take this handy quiz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we decided that we could say, like, a living thing and then also, like, an object. Yes. Um, so uh, when Brittany says hers first, it's, like, cuter. Okay, so why don't you... No, okay. Because, like, kryptonite is, like, the thing that, like... It's a difficult concept because it is the thing that makes you weak. Mm-hmm. So it's, like... It's, like, in the... I'm pedantic. So it's, like, in the um context you're, of you're this pedantic. show... I know. No one saw this coming. Uh, in the context of this show, in the context of Superman, it's like, it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know? And that's where, that's where I'm getting hung up is like, oh, but these aren't bad things yeah. that we're naming. Yeah. So let's just use them as the colloquial term that people do, which is like, ooh, like I'm super weak for this. Okay. You know? Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. So like I said, it's cuter when Brittany goes first, um, but, uh, I'm gonna pick my dog. That's still cute. I would do anything for him. He is the most special thing in the whole world. What makes you think that's not cute? Well, it's because well, yours is cuter. Mm, all right. Not that mine isn't cute. Mm, okay. Um, and then as for the object, because we thought that kind of felt like a cop out, because obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I'm decided. And once again, it was hard to pick because it's like hard because you're like, is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? What is it for? Mm-hmm. Because I would hate to be kryptonized by this thing because I spend so much time around it. Okay. But also, I want to go in the in the vein of like Archie having this palladium in his pocket. D&D dice? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's you like You are weak for D&D dice. It's like I see them and I'm just like I want all of them. But I don't have any room for all of them, but they're so cool looking. But I would hate to be kryptonized by them because then I would be um, I know exactly what to pick now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know until just now? Yeah, I had a different answer. Oh, okay. Okay. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. So my my cute answer is my wife. <laughs> I would do anything for her. And like people could like use her as a weapon against me as well. And I'd be like, fine. I'm, I'm doing notes in. over here. Remember that. Unless you're a super villain, I don't think that's gonna work out for you. Yeah, you don't know. You don't I'm know what's in my future. Suddenly worried about both our futures. Okay, <laughs> so like my like object kryptonite, it was gonna be um dairy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Because I love it, but it doesn't love me. Yeah. But I think, like, in terms of, like, what you were thinking, it's the color pink. Mm. Oh, my God. If something's pink, I want it. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. (laughs) But it has to be a really specific, like, it can't be the breast cancer pink. That's Mm. the worst shade of pink in the entire world. I like a soft baby blush movie pink. Mm -hmm. And if it's one of those things, I want it. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany saw drunk tank pink and she said, and I took that literally. Okay, literally. Which is weird because I actually hate it. You know what? It's the hates pink as a teenager because of internal misogyny to loves pink unashamedly pipeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, today we have words to say about episode 607 of Riverdale. 
Death at a Funeral. So Death at a Funeral is a 2007 British black comedy film directed by Frank Oz. The screenplay by Dean Craig focuses on a family attempting to resolve a variety of problems whilst they attend the funeral of the patriarch. And so then a patriarch has a funeral this episode, you see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, going into thoughts from listeners, before we get started, we got an email from Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Oh my god, Jonathan, you are a lifesaver. Yes, thank you so much. So Jonathan uh, emailed us and said, Hi guys, I was just listening to the episode for 606 and wanted to offer some info. You were wondering when we saw TBK last in Riverdale? Um, like, not Rivervale. It was in 519 after Betty's surprise party. TBK had called Betty to congratulate her on graduating from the FBI, reassuring her that he wouldn't be coming after her, but Betty told him she couldn't make the same promise um, from Jonathan. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Um, we really appreciate it. When we ask the questions, uh, thank you so much for answering, truly. Yeah, I, I, I never expect grateful. an answer, and I uh, appreciate when I get them. So that's interesting to me based on what happens in this episode, because I do have a theory about why Betty can't see the aura of TBK. Oh. Did you want to hear that now or do you want to hear it later? I kind of want to hear it now. Okay, so my theory on why Betty can't see the aura for TBK is that he is not a threat to her. But he was a threat to her. Yeah, but now he's not. He's a threat to everybody around her, but he's not going to hurt her. And that's why she can't see his aura. This is fascinating. I don't know. That's just what I think. No, you know? I think this is pro- I think you're right. And then with Jonathan's email saying that what he said in 519 was that he wouldn't be coming after her. Okay. So that's my theory on why Betty can't see the aura of TBK. Okay. My, literally my only like, I guess, thought against that is that he's been a threat to her in the past. Yeah. So what made him change his mind? Exactly. And I have complaints about that. I was just like, okay, so we're just doing the black hood again. Like it's just like a serial killer who cares about Betty more than everybody else and then makes Betty lose all her relationships so that, you know, it's like we're just doing this again and and who sends her body parts. Like what? It is just the same thing. I know. So Um, I'm just like, okay. So that's what makes me think is that like Hal as the black hood would never have actually hurt Betty. That's a good point. So, but because Polly was taken by the Mothman. The Mothman. So that has nothing to do with so It's every once in a while you remember how stupid this show is when yeah. I hear us talk about it. When this episode ended, I cheered. I was just like, this show is incredible. Oh, no, Nothing's it's a masterpiece. Than this. It's yeah. a masterpiece. It's the worst show ever. It ha- it's gotta be one of the worst shows ever made, which makes it the best show ever made. Yeah, like, uh, but then when you look at, like, the actual, like, theming and genre that they're doing, you're like, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the highest form of art. Mm-hmm. And it's the lowest form of television. Right. Just kidding, because it's not reality TV. Mm. With the exception of Drag Race. I also love reality TV. I can't. So what's lie. the lowest form of television, then? I don't... I think all art is valid. Fox News. I did it. I found the lowest form of television. Okay. Would you like to give this episode a toot or a boot? I'm going to give it a toot, because I felt like it was a bit more cohesive than last episode, but it wasn't awful. Yeah. Ted Sullivan wrote this episode. Who, I, I mean, historically Ted. really liked yeah. his, his stuff. Um, so yeah, I definitely am going to give this episode a toot. I had a great time. I really did. That's really all I need to Like I said, at the end of this episode, I cheered because I had such a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. So we decided to just do this episode chronologically again, just because we were, um, skipping back and forth from a lot of storylines again. And, uh, honestly, it's just kind of easier. I feel like it works better for us. Mm -hmm. Though I, I would like to hear from you guys whether or not you prefer 
chronological or storyline by storyline. Mm-hmm. I think I'd that we still will that. do storyline by storyline when it's more defined. Yeah, I just want to know what they prefer. Yeah, but yeah, right yeah, now yeah. it's just like kind of all jumbled together. So. I completely agree. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so we're just going to do that again. Uh, what are some things that people who didn't watch this episode need to know? The main twist at the end of the episode yes. is that um, Jughead still cannot hear, but he can hear thoughts I now. told you he was going to get a secret yeah, power. Yeah, so he got a power. We're good on that. He's so got his power. Some of my theories about how Jughead was going to regain his hearing it was not, uh, did not come to fruition, but that's okay. Um, also, uh, they had a funeral for Hiram, and it seems like he is actually dead, but I still don't know if I believe it. No, I still call bull. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you had time to, to record a little tape for her knowing that you were getting murdered? That's the reason like, I call bull. Yeah. Also, Veronica has a potential new love interest now, but I don't like it because I love Reggie so much. Um, Oh, TBK showed up and uh, was one of the guys who was working in the Archie's construction. We know who TBK is. It's no one. I don't believe it. I think that Dennis was just working for TBK. I do not think he was actually TBK because Archie didn't see Dennis turn into TBK. He got knocked out by Dennis and then he woke up and he was with TBK. I don't think it was Dennis because they're just like, now we know what his face looks like. I'm like, no, you don't. Mr. X. Yeah, I truly, I don't. Sam agrees with me. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe that Dennis is because they would not choose someone so freaking random. Okay. See, that was my thought as well. And that I literally have a complaint in my notes being like, so it's just this random guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then other than that, Cheryl or slash Abigail is like freaking out because like I said last episode, like I predicted, she saw Tony and was like, oh my God, Thomasina. And now she's obsessed with Tony. Which is like kind of like my favorite thing because like Shoni lives. Yeah. But I'm hoping, I like it's Shoni, so it's also going to be toxic. I know. I was just like, so once again, it is not healthy. <laughs> so once again, it's Cheryl, quote unquote, Cheryl obsessing mm-hmm. over Tony when Tony's in a healthy place in her life. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yes, baby. Also, we fully forgot that Fangs was the guy who killed her mm. in uh, the other timeline. Yes. And, um, now they're dating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll allow it because it wasn't Fangs who did it, you know? It was Fen Fogarty, <laughs> it so. It was his crappy ancestor. Whose ancestor hasn't done something horrible? I'm sure mine have. <laughs> I don't know what if mine have, but I'm sure they have. Yeah. Because, you know. You know. Humans. I, I do know mine have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one's, I'm sorry, baby. Um, cool. So we're going to get started. I did the first half this time. And uh, so, yeah, here we go. Okay. So Jughead is struggling with writing now that he can't, like, listen to music or hear the keys of his typewriter. A lot of the Jughead scenes just start with, so Jughead's still struggling. So Jughead is yeah. still frustrated. Jughead is also um, narrating every mm-hmm. single scene as if he's reading from a book. Yeah. Including all of the dialogue in the scenes. So, yeah. like, the dialogue that's being spoken by other characters is actually just Jughead narrating it to us. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. I think it's definitely a choice. It's, like, an artistic choice for them to be, like, Jughead can't hear, and so you also don't get to hear this, um, this scene. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I kind of think it's an interesting way to do it because, uh, like, so for example, I am going to bring up Lost. In We have uh, characters that speak different languages on Lost, which is really cool. And back in 2004, when it showed up and happened, it was kind of like revolutionary that you had these main characters that didn't speak English. Yeah. And there was a lot of like diversity in the main cast, which was really cool. Um, but there are two characters who actively speak uh, Korean as their first language. One of them only speaks Korean and one of them speaks Korean and English. But when you're having a conversation between the two of them, you get subtitles because, you know, your brain that's, is with that's them. That's the audience's right? business. Yeah. Right. But 
if one of the characters who only speaks Korean is in like a group setting and he'll just speak Korean and we won't get subtitles for that. Right. We're not meant to know it. Because yeah. we're not meant to know or like we're not meant to um, understand him in that moment because everyone else in the scene, we're, si- we're kind of behind their eyes, you know? Um, um, and so it kind of reminds me of that where like if we're behind in Jughead's brain, Jughead's not hearing them and so neither are we. I would I would say one, yes. I, I like that interpretation. It makes me like it more. I liked it better when they did it in Only Murders in the Building. Mm. I liked when they did the the silent episode and um, you sort of, you're so firmly in that character's mind that like it's, you know, muffled or just complete silence when people are talking. Um, And then I thought it would be, it would have been, and I mean, Riverdale doesn't have the budget for it, but they should have had little speech bubbles come up Mm. that looks like a comic book. I'd love to see them do that now. um, Now that that Jughead is actively making like a little comic. Yeah. So Jughead narrates his full, all-encompassing list of things Jughead used to do that he can still do, which is uh, read, eat hamburgers, and kiss Tabitha. (laughs) (laughs) Which is actually kind of cute. Very cute. And yeah, I just like, I understand why this would be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I think people who lose any one of their faculties or senses, I can't imagine it, so I have nothing but admiration for them. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah. So Archie and the crew at Andrew's construction, including Frank and Tom Keller and this Dennis guy who we never saw This freaking guy! But like, I was like, oh, I do not think that it's Dennis, right? And then I went on the Riverdale wiki to see if there was something on Dennis, and it just- uh, Oh my god, did it straight up say it? it No, it just rerouted me to the trash bag killer thing, and I was like, y'all are falling for it! He's not the trash bag killer! I don't think he is. You'd think they'd know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, the crew at Andrew's construction start working on the house. So Archie says that the infrastructure, like he and Frank worked on it, it's good now, but you need to keep your hats on. And later when Archie like falls and stuff, he is not wearing a hat. Just wanted to bring that up. He says to wear his hat, wear your hat, and he doesn't. Practice what you preach. So true. But also, um, how did they get the uh, bones of the house uh, fixed that quickly? I don't know, Brittany. Okay. I don't know anything about construction. I gotta be honest. I don't know anything about science except that it's really good for you. Yeah. Um, so Betty tries to shut Archie's hand in a clamp. Uh, but it still doesn't hurt him, so they just, like, revel in their superness. I'm sorry, I think this is hysterical. It was really cute. It was a cute, it was if, a cute little If scene. Sam magically developed superpowers, you bet your ass I would be like, let's see what we can do. It's like when Joey got health insurance on Friends and mm. they decided to wrap his head in bubble wrap and then hit him. Mm-hmm. You got you got to test your boundaries. Yeah. So he talks about how he had childhood dreams of being a superhero Um, in... I want to say season three, maybe four, um, Archie uh, dressed up as a superhero or something, and he went as Pure Heart the Powerful, which is something that Jughead once also name dropped. Um, And that's the name of Archie, like, in the superhero comic versions. I forgot. Is Pure Heart the Powerful? Um, And he has, that. like, that's the power that Pure Heart the Powerful has, which is, like, being indestructible. I like that the show was just like, yeah, you're in a comic book now. Yeah. So Betty asks, has Archie talked to Jughead? Because he was the fourth closest to the blast. And also Betty says that she had left him messages, but he hasn't answered. And Archie does rightly point out, like, you know, he actually wasn't the closest to the blast. Mm -hmm. It was Bingo. It was Bingo. And that was his name, though. So it seems like it's happening, like, Betty and Archie got it at the same time because they were both like right there and then bingo did break all of his legs but it took a second for it to like for him to start healing himself super so it's definitely 
distance yeah, from distance the blast. Yeah, distance equals length of time it takes for it to and uh, like jump in. Because it's a dog, I love the idea of like being able to heal any malady. Like if it's a person, I'm just like, this has issues. Mm. But because it's a dog, this is super cute that that's Bingo's power because like now he can literally, he's an, he's, he's the dream. He's the indestructible, unkillable dog. Mm-hmm. Love he's it. an immortal puppy. Yeah. Everyone wants that. So Britta asks Nana Rose about Cheryl and Nana explains that she put Abigail in Cheryl's body and Cheryl is like no more and just dead. Sure. That's what Nana Rose says. So Britta immediately calls her Grand Mistress Rose. I, sure. Sure, whatever. Um, and Nana Rose says the most incredible line, which is, I transferred Abigail's soul from your body into my granddaughter's via an arcane ritual. And that's all the explanation you need. And that's what she said. So she's like, yeah, Cheryl's just gone now. Uh, I don't believe it. She's obviously in that spider brooch that we got a special, um, shot of last episode. But may I just say, the actress who plays Nana Rose continues to deliver these lines hilariously. She really puts her whole chest into it. And she I really truly does. That. Like, she, she knows what show she's on and she very much revels in it. And yeah. I respect her. Yeah. Why Nana Rose so weird about Abigail? She's like, Abigail. Like the whole time I'm just like, okay. Maybe because she was the family witch. Maybe. I don't know. But she's like, Abigail, I brought you back to restore the blossoms to our former glory and we can take Riverdale back. And she says that the Council of Four that runs the town is not doing a good job. So they want to take back the Council of Four. I'm just like, having watched 604 Mm -hmm. with all the witch stuff and all like Abigail's whole story. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so the amount that is true is not that Abigail has like lived forever and is, has been Cheryl this whole time. Uh, No. Because that's what it was in River Vale. So, but what we did see of her life was true, but she didn't become Poppy Blossom. No, she just, oh yeah, she's not immortal. Nana Rose brought her back. It's just weird because Nana Rose seems to be bringing her back for all these, like, nefarious plots. And Abigail didn't strike me as, like, a bad guy. Me or, either. Or, like, a villain in that episode, so. Yeah. I don't really understand what Nana Rose's motivation here is. Because I don't think Abigail has, as she demonstrated, an interest in... I mean, I guess she has an interest in revenge against, like, a homophobic town. Yeah. And in that case, you know what, Queen? Do whatever you want. Yeah. I think she'll be able to take out what's-his-face. Percival Pickens. Percival Pickens. And that's your revenge that you need, because Pickens was the, like, guy who maybe burned her or something. Or no, no. Archie, Jughead, and Betty's ancestors burned her. I don't know. Pickens did some crap. Um, so Archie starts talking to Jughead using flashcards that he wrote on. Um, so Archie didn't know about Jughead's deafness until now, until he really reached out. And he asks Jughead if anything weird has happened, and he's like, no, nothing since losing his hearing. Except by the end of this episode, he will have something to report. My thing is, like, why is this the first time that Archie's visited Jughead? They neglect this relationship so Yeah, much. I completely agree. So Veronica tells Reggie about Hiram and he's, like, upset because she lied to him, which is fair. So she says it's been three days since Hiram died. He was found in a shallow grave in Jersey. He was shot four times and burned. And he's like, oh, could it be a fake? And she's like, no, he's really dead. And I'm like, are you kidding? If, it, if he's beyond recognition, it could still be a fake. Exactly. I, I won't believe this. I don't believe that Hiram Lodge is dead. I just don't. I don't think I should change my uh, segment to is Hiram dead or not or what? You know, I don't know. Maybe you should. I don't know. I'm really um, dedicated to Chick. You really are, aren't you? His number one stand. Yeah. So she's like, I didn't tell you because I didn't want to be judged. So uh, she tells him about the memorial and how nobody else knows what happened and what she did. And Reggie with an incredible line says, so when all your family comes, do I say sorry for your loss or do I say congratulations? 
And Veronica, instead of being like, wow, uh, Petty, is just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's like she she's almost aware of it, but I also think the writers just um are bad. Yeah. I just, uh, I love that line. That was yeah. good. I, I don't know, Reggie. I just I don't, don't know, know, Reggie. I just don't know. I just don't know. So at Pops, Kevin tells his dad that he's staying around taking care of baby Anthony, so he will take up Tom's offer to make him deputy. And Tom's like, oh my gosh, I would love that so much. And he does check to make sure that he actually would want to. Like, he's like, are you sure this is what you want? Which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. But I'm like, who's going to take care of the baby while you're working? Did they not give you the baby so that you would protect him all the time because Twyla Twist is coming up after him? Or like, Kevin's just like, guess I'll continue living my life. And like, also, who has the baby? This show has no idea what to do with Kevin. Yeah, for sure. They've got no clue. I completely agree. They're so, like, yeah, let's make the gay kid a cop. Yeah. Huh? God. How about no? So Archie eats Doritos, and Betty gets a call from Agent Lynn telling her about how Glenn is missing. So Archie eats Doritos is the main thing. Robin, why do you hate product placement? I don't hate product placement. <laughs> I laugh and laugh and laugh. I think it's so funny. I still think my all-time favorite one is Hiram eating Doritos. Yeah. That's got to be one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on I television. I completely agree. I just like I they could have they could do it in such a subtle way and they don't, which is which is what makes me laugh. It's camp. Yeah. Well, it's just like Doritos was probably just like, um, yeah, last time you had Hiram eat Doritos and nobody likes Hiram. Can you like make someone eat Doritos who people actually like? Why does Doritos need the product placement in Riverdale? Yeah. Don't know. Let's, let's think about that for a minute. The uh, CEO's daughter, the CEO of Doritos' daughter is like, this is my favorite show. Get Doritos in there. And dad is like, sure. Okay. Sure, honey. And she's like, thanks, daddykins. Yeah, because Doritos really needs the promo these days. Yeah. You know? What they would use on ads, they're just going to use just, on the, Riverdale products. The entire marketing budget, Riverdale. Mm-hmm. So um, they say, well, at least Jughead isn't alone. At least he has Tabitha. Um, and then also Betty gets the information that Glenn's car was found, but no one's heard from him. So she's like, oh, that's weird. It cracks me up that they're like, oh, okay, we don't have to worry about Jughead because um, Tabitha's the character in his storyline. Yeah, so don't exactly. Worry. exactly. So we're, we're good. Uh, Veronica's grandmother shows up for the funeral and, introduce, and introduces Veronica to her godson, Geraldo. Um, Veronica immediately introduces Reggie as her boyfriend. And Abuelita wants Veronica to perform the, the eulogy, even though she doesn't really want to. I'm gonna be honest, that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, she does a pretty good job. She does do a good job, but, like, she also had him killed, so that's yeah. funny. Honestly, it's, it's it's very funny. I- Thank you for sneak. Excuse us while Robin's puppy has this sneezes. Oh, no. Are you okay? Oh, no. You have to keep these tiny sounds in. Oh, no. You need to sneeze again? What's in your nose? You want to come to Auntie Benny? We'll go see Benny. Come here, my guy. Oh, there's my guy. I would once again like to complain about the subtitle, Speaking in Spanish. Just fucking translate it! Tell me what she said. If you don't tell me what the Spanish is, even if it just says the Spanish, if you don't tell me what the Spanish is, I can't put it into Google Translate myself. If AD is 2022, if you have multiple languages in your show, you need multiple uh, caption people working on it. Yeah. It's like, I want to know what she this. said. Yeah, Like exactly. I was saying before, like, when Sun and Jin are speaking on Lost, you know, sometimes you don't get to see, like, what they said and but stuff. But that's purposeful. But it's purposeful. But, like, if I'm behind Veronica's eyes, Veronica understands what she's saying, so why can't I? When Hiram speaks to Veronica and speaks in Spanish? Why can't I understand that? Like, why is the only Spanish word that I ever have to hear that is, like, properly translated is mija? Yeah. Shut up! Annoying. So, Abuelita says that she always knew that Hiram's life would kind of end like this, because this is her, uh, like, this is just what he has always been doing it's since also a teen, like, Yeah, I was gonna saw. say, it's how her husband's life ended, too. So, she introduces Veronica to her godson, Geraldo. Hello, Veronica, you are not related to this man. How does Veronica not know that her Abuelita has a, uh, 
Godson. And kind of like a caretaker as well. Uh, yeah, like, is she just not up on the Abuelita tea? I don't or? think so. I think we've only seen Abuelita a couple of times. I like so. the way she doesn't have a name, by the way. Uh, she does, actually. We, what we, is her name? Uh, Lourdes. Uh, we, oh my god, that's right, because yeah, it's it, a great name. Because it was said in, uh, in the Citizen Lodge episode, but we didn't know until then. It was a really pretty name, actually. Yeah. So he says that he, or like, Geraldo takes care of his of her grandma and she's like this is my business partner and boyfriend she says about reggie and calls him reginald and i'm like don't do that (laughs) yeah but do you want to talk about the hesitation uh boyfriend i'm like why are you hesitating bestie have they not like had this conversation and maybe it's not totally like they haven't defined their relationship like that yet or i mean i would have thought they had me too but i mean you have a point so, um, Abuelita says that she thinks that Reggie is handsome, and which she's right. She's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally have proof that he's the most handsome Reggie. It's true. We watched it happen. It's true. So Geraldo gives Reggie the guest list that they want to invite to the funeral. Veronica says she doesn't want to do the eulogy and her grandma is like, you have to do it. He loved you so much. Like who else would be better than you? So, I mean, literally you know, anyone yeah. in my opinion, but that's but, fine. Well, like other than like Lourdes herself. Hermione and Hiram were separated, so it wouldn't make sense for Hi- for Hermione to do it. Mm-hmm. It's literally like Veronica's the only option other than Abuelita, and she's the one who specifically said, I want you to do it. Man, so. like, what a sad life Hiram led. Yeah. He was literally so evil and so mean to everyone that the only person who could speak at his funeral is his daughter who killed him. Yeah. So Tabitha continues to try and help Jughead, who is struggling doing his own job. He says that he went to the doctor and he can't get a cochlear implant for six months. And he doesn't want to learn ASL because once he has the implant, he won't need it. I don't like that. And I'm like, well, okay, how about for those six months? You you don't want to learn like a couple of simple ones even? Exactly. Like, Like, what if you don't want to wear the implant some days? Yeah. What if you'd like to actually, I don't know, join the deaf community? Mm -hmm. So he talks about how he can't write without music and hearing like the click clack of his typewriter. Click clack, click clack. Sorry. (laughs) She asks if she can do anything and he's just like, no. I just wanted to give the biggest props to Tabitha this episode. She really does it. And I think that she's amazing. She's, she's such, working her she's ass She's such off. a good support system. She, yeah, but like, ugh, mm, this is the thing though, is all of Tabitha's storylines revolve around taking care of Jughead. That is true. And is I'm true. getting tired of it. Yeah. So at the FBI office, Betty gets a package that has Glenn's dismembered foot in it. Well, it's just like another mail day. So cute. Do you not get dismembered feet in the mail? I personally don't. And mm. thank God, because mm. I feel like they would smell weird. Mm, you're probably right. Yeah. So Betty thinks about Glenn and she like starts to hear radio static and puts her head to her hand to her head. And, you know, then she says, oh, I've been having headaches and stuff. But I'm like, are you, I wonder if she's like trying to get like a read on Glenn's aura from far away or something. Or like, you know, hearing radio static makes me feel like she's trying to reach something. See, I think the, um, the implication there was that her powers were being blocked. Oh, yeah. okay. By so, like, TBK or whatever. Yeah. Who's so wearing like, a palladium laced mask. Literally. <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, okay, this is shorthand. Yeah. But um, she says she has a really bad headache and Agent Lynn turns off the light that's shining in her face. She's so considerate. Betty should date Agent Lynn. I ship this. She's yes. so considerate. She's like, oh, you have a headache? Let me turn off this light for you. Robin, your brain is huge. She's so nice. Yes. So she's like, sounds like you have a migraine. Betty's like, I've never had migraines before. That's weird. Agent Lynn is like, here, you got a package today. Um, And it's a foot. Yeah, it's a foot. Gorge. At a town meeting, Alice asks if anyone has updates. Archie asks a normal ass question about permits and stuff, but Veronica announces that Hiram is dead. Bro, this is the weirdest scene. Yeah. 
Percival Pickens says, hi, I am Percival Pickens, and they question him about his ancestor, General Augustus Pickens. Uh, Percy says he's just vibing and is a totally chill guy, though. So, we'll take his word for that. I mean, uh, sure. Yeah. But, um, this scene is weird. I liked it. What do you not like about it? The thing that I thought was weird was the way that Veronica announced that her dad was dead. It was just like, and then they were immediately like, huh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. She's, she's like, how else? She's like, listen, Jughead is not writing the newspaper. There's no way else I can get this out to everybody. Wait, that's really funny. Yeah. But like you said, like the shorthand of Betty, you know, not like having her headaches and everything. I think the shorthand of this is we need the town to know things. Where will all the town be? We just give all the information of the town in these scenes. All right, fair enough. Tony then enters late and Abigail recognizes her as Thomasina. So Abigail also recognizes Archie as an Andrews. And when Veronica says that Hiram is dead, she's just like, Hiram's dead. I'm fine. Rejoice. He will no longer bother us. And I'm like, bruh. (laughs) All right. You seem to be doing well psychologically. Um, Pickens says, hello there. Excited to be joining the community. We do not be liking the Pickens, it seems. Um, I don't trust that guy. He says, I'm not here to cause trouble. Riverdale can be one of the greatest communities in America. Archie is not into it. Archie, like, rolls his eyes. Like, why does that sound like something, like, mega-ish? Yeah. And he's like- Riverdale great again. He says, I have lots of ideas to share with the council, starting with the removal- And then he gets cut off by Tony. What is he talking about? Well, and then I took a little bit of a closer look at the trailer and Percival Pickens in the trailer is saying, we need to get rid of Sketch Alley. We immediately need to get rid of all of the unhoused people in Riverdale. (gasps) Except he says homeless. Which the show was careful this Mm -hmm. week to refer to houseless people as houseless Mm -hmm. or unhoused, not houseless, unhoused, unhoused, which I had to begrudgingly um, give them points for because as a society, we are responsible. And they're having the villains say homeless. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what he's saying. I realized after having watched the trailer, starting with the removal of all the home of all the unhoused people in Riverdale. Got it. Yeah. So then Tony comes in. Abigail has a flashback of Thomasina, and she's like, "Oh my god, they even have the same last name. It's it's her." And she it's immediately drama. puts on rose colored glasses and sees Tony as Thomasina in several different scenes. It's actually kind of cute because, like, she's so lovesick. But I'm like, girl, this is not going to end well for you. No. Uh, Jug is still struggling, so decides to go on a motorcycle ride. He says that he didn't go to the meeting because he didn't want people's pity. It's not his finest choice. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. I understand not wanting to go to the meeting, but you don't need to say that what happened to you is worthy of pity. Don't love that. Yeah. I understand why he would see it that way, but not really a great message for the show to send. The show is never sending good messages, let's be real. Uh, Archie pulls Veronica aside to make sure that she's okay, which is like, she's actually okay, which is really lovely. Archie's Uh, a nice guy. Yeah. I like when we get like flashes of like Varchie as friends instead of like people who have a lot of weird sex that I have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I am just a huge fan of how the show, I mean, it took them too long because it took them like three seasons to make Archie not annoying because he true. was very, very annoying in She's the first right. three seasons yes. and they fixed him. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. And he, and he's so likable now. And he's, I just think they did a great job. He's just like job. a good dude, yeah. you know? Um, so Archie can tell that she's not as fine as she said she was. And she's like, oh, well, me and you were trying to take him out the same way before. And he was like, yeah, but we never would have actually done that, right? Like me and you, we never would have done that. And, you know, he doesn't know that she actually ended up doing it <laughs> and being the reason. So she's like, guess we'll never know. Ha ha. Uh, he's going to be really mad at her. Yeah. If he ever finds out, they don't even t- hardly talk. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So Abigail asks Britta what the T on Tony is, and Britta was literally just a student, so doesn't actually know that much. Oh, yeah, she doesn't have all the gossip. Yeah. Like, later she's like, oh, my God, she's dating Fangs? I didn't know. 
But it's like, why don't you ever include me on town gossip? Mm. So she says Tony's the guidance counselor and she also teaches history of social justice. And Abigail is like, that makes sense because Thomasina was also a teacher. Uh, so tomorrow you will take me to the school and Britta will be her Trojan horse. Um, so she's like, why did Shoni break up? And Britta's like, dude, I don't know. I'm a kid. I <laughs> Like, thanks, I'm nine. No one told me this. I don't know. And Abigail's like, wow, can't believe they were gay out loud. Incredible world. I think that was really cute when she was like, so they were just like allowed to be out with each other. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. It's a good life, bud. So Betty's freaking out because serial killers are constantly sending her body parts. I think that's Um, a fair thing to freak out about. Yeah. She thinks TBK is taking Glenn apart piece by piece. So they need to go find and try to save him. What was the motivation here? From what? Like what? Why Glenn? Is it? Oh, right. Because Glenn hurt. Glenn was preying on Betty. Got it. Remembered. So Betty thinks that he's keeping Glenn alive and just like cutting him up. And she says that's how he kills. He wants them to suffer and for it to take a long time. Um, But it'll be okay because she'll see his aura ahead of time. Yeah. So don't worry. And she's going to have Alice tell R.A.V.W. She's going to have like the all the people in Sketch Alley know all the stuff. Like, we will be good to go. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, bud. I mean, it's a it's an okay plan. Yeah. Tabitha yells at Jughead because he wiped out on his motorcycle and is injured. And she yells even though he can't hear because she's upset and she, it's for yeah. her, it's not for him. Yeah. But he can also see how angry she is. Uh, but he says that it's like the first time that he has felt okay since the explosion was being on his motorcycle. I can't blame him. Yeah. Betty gives her FBI team that suddenly has men on it again. Uh, flyers and more info on TBK. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, last episode she was like, got rid of all the dudes and got them all transferred so there were only women. And I'm like, so where did these dudes come from? Did you just get new dudes or what? Yeah, they brought in just a whole new crop of new dudes. Yeah. They were like, oh, this show needs dudes. So they say that more than 50% of TBK's victims are like people who are down on their luck being unhoused. Or, uh, yeah, using the word unhoused. So give the flyers to those, like, neighborhoods um, and tell, it says on the flyer, like, do not approach him, just call the number, which mm-hmm. apparently is Betty's personal cell phone number. Yeah, I was like, um, okay, this seems safe. Yeah. TBK, I mean, I guess TBK would already know it anyway. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Hermione shows up with her film crew to be disingenuous constantly. Drag her. Veronica has to sign a release to be on TV, which uh, I think is interesting that she has to sign one every single time she's on TV because we know that Veronica has been on Real Housewives before. Probably because she's not on Um, contract. Yeah, that's probably true. And then Hermione just comes in and is super dramatic. (gasps) Baby. Me. Let it all out. (laughs) Mia. Dennis. One of the construction guys shows Archie that he found some palladium and Archie offers to split the profit with him, but Dennis says no for some reason. This is a super cute offer. Yeah, it was really nice. Archie's a really good person. But I'm also just like, um, that's already a red flag. When I was watching it, I was like, what? You found it. Take the money, turn- my dude. Why would you turn out free money? Yeah. Um, so here's my question. Okay. Did Dennis actually find that palladium here or did he just bring it? Oh yeah, it's probably palladium from home. But like, until now, how would he know that it was his weakness? But then also, Dennis oh, is wait, evil. Yeah. But if Dennis is evil, I don't know. This is too know. hard for me to think about. He probably just found it and gave it to him. Oh uh, yeah. So he's like, I got to keep some because of Cheryl and when I was in with the mines and stuff. Doesn't want to split it. Kind of a red flag. It, and Archie says, if you find the other one, because he had two pieces, if you find the other one, you can have it. Um, and then they're like, Alice has coffee le- next door. Let's go. Let's move the let's plot go. over. Let's go. Yeah. Let's see her- she and Uncle Frank progress none as a couple, actually. Yeah. The construction guys all have coffee at the Coopers where Alice is being annoyed with bingo, which is important for later. I like that Alice is just like, I cannot abide a dog. They've been saying it. She's like, we had a cat in my children's youth. But not a dog. You think Alice would kind of be a dog person, but I guess dogs are too messy. Yeah. Maybe he's too big of a dog. 
that makes sense. He is pretty good dog. Unlike Mr. Peafeed over there. Yeah. I like how it was sort of like woven throughout this episode. Like it, within like the first three scenes, Betty was like, ugh, Bingo is driving my mom crazy. And they've really like put it through like in this scene, Bingo's driving them cra- her crazy so that later it can come back. Yeah, it was certainly more subtle than Riverdale usually does. Yeah. There is, I counted one, but there might have been more, but there's a construction woman here. There's a woman on Archie's construction That's team, which new. I really liked. Archie's drinking super hot coffee. And Frank's like, uh, isn't that a little too hot? And Archie's like, oh my god, yeah, ouch. It was really embarrassing, actually. That was, yeah, it was really hot. He ouch, did not totally. sell it at all. Yeah. He has the palladium in his pocket now, so I guess it just, like, takes a second to weaken him. Probably. Yeah. So Abigail and Britta go to see Tony at the school. Abigail is very forward, but Tony says she's too busy to hang out tonight because she'll be bartending. I like how Abigail is just like, oh, wait, so you can be gay out loud here. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm be- I'm gonna do it. And, like, the fact that Abigail- Abigail. Abigail talks so bizarrely. Kind of works. Because uh-huh. Cheryl also talks like a weirdo. Yeah, she's lucky that Cheryl already speaks like someone from the 1800s, so it's yeah. not, like, weird. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Abigail says that she would like to formally adopt Britta. And Tony's like, I mean, that's awesome, but we have, like, a lot of paperwork to do. And Cheryl's like, or Abigail is like, alright, come to my house and tell me all about your paperwork. And she's like, uh, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> since when is paperwork sexy? Yeah. So Hermione and Veronica host a small lunch for the cameras, basically. Uh, Veronica asks everyone to leave so she can have a heart-to-heart with Hermione, and then she does. So Kevin is at the lunch uh, with Geraldo and Abuelita are also here. Um, she says, Why is Kevin there? For, well, she's like, Kevin's a super fan, so of course he wants to be here. And I'm like, he's also probably trying to get on TV so that he can land roles on Broadway <laughs> later. Good for him. Hermione says this is going to be a special episode about how they're dealing with Hiram's death. In a very special episode. Yeah. So she's like, Veronica, tell me, how did you feel when you heard the news that Hiram was dead? And Veronica's like, I don't really want to reduce my feelings to, like, this little show here. Clickbait. Um, did you cry, Mom? And she's like, no, I didn't cry because the man I loved died years ago. And Kevin's just like, ooh, that's a good one. It was a stinger. Yeah. So she's like, I'm done mourning for him. Uh, but she does show up for the funeral, which is nice. Well, yeah, because when she stops being performative, there's, like, actual emotion there. Yeah. So Veronica asks literally everyone else to leave, including the three people, other people at the table, and all of the camera crew. And I'm like, there are so many of them, you could have just, you two could have walked out? That would have been way less rude. Because the cameras take a long time to set up. And you're making them all leave? You do be right. Yeah. And we had thought, like, what if their mics were still going? I thought when their Veronica, mics were going the entire time. I, like, kind of want there to be a... I mean, I know that they recreated it later, like, that conversation, but I kind of want it to be, like, a surprise that, like, oops, Veronica's going to jail because she... Because, like, some intern leaked it. Because she confessed to murder on yeah. a hot mic. So she tells Hermione that she's the one who called for his death, and Hermione's like, yeah, I kind of thought it was you. <laughs> okay. Okay. She said she, that Hiram always loved Veronica more than Hermione, and so she was always worried that Veronica also loved Hiram more than Hermione. Veronica's like, no, I hated him. And she's like, well, he had all of your attention. She said she was so happy in season one when, like, it was just the two of them living together. Um, Veronica says she wasn't a good daughter to Hermione, but she will be one now, and it's very nice. I I was happy with that, but, like, I don't think this is gonna go anywhere. Yeah. So back at the Andrews, Archie falls through the landing and is, like, actually hurt. (gasps) Gasp. (laughs) Um, he immediately, he, ta- yeah, he takes off his hat and then he hears the floor start creaking 
And I was like, is it because you did a bad job reinforcing it after the blast or because you're, because you've gained 30 pounds and because you're so heavy now? But also because he had the palladium, would he not be heavy then? I, I mean, I don't know. That's my question is like, did you just do a bad job? I think it's probably the bad job. Reinforcing it? It's the okay. bad job for sure. Because instead of doing work, Dennis was just uh, creeping <gasps> on. Dennis. Yeah, I think, I think it's Dennis. It's all Dennis. So Archie goes through the floor and is like actually bleeding. Uh-oh. <gasps> Uh-oh, Benny. Uh-oh, Birdie. So Tabitha has Jughead meet with a man who also went deaf later in life to try and help him, and Jughead agrees, which is really lovely. Yeah, I really appreciated that they sort of, like, tried to get Jughead involved mm-hmm. in his own disability. Yeah. So his name was... Daniel Defoe, and he learned to sign and read lips in his 20s, and now he helps others and will help Jughead, which is really, really nice. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say, Tabitha, who is searching for things to be able to help Jughead, is doing the exact right thing. Like, she's just like, well, let me at least bring him in somebody who would relate to his problems and somebody who has, like embraced it and who does something similar in terms of like being a creative yeah and so Jughead says yes oh that's great it's very nice it's really good and it does end up actually helping him which is awesome yeah because Tabitha's a really good girlfriend yeah so uh lastly in the first half here Betty fell asleep at the office and she's woken up by TBK just like creepily stroking her cheek with his hand (laughs) it's so weird she obviously freaks out but she can't go after him because he handcuffed her to like the I don't know, couch thing that she slept on or something. The voice on TBK is so creepy. I had to listen to it in headphones. It was bad. I hated it. Dude, I think it sounds like freaking Dr. Curl Jr. I did before, but like every time I hear it now, I'm not sure. I think it's him. It might be him, but I think that maybe... Okay, here's what I think. Is that it it is probably Dr. Curl Jr. Okay. And it sounded a little bit too much like Nikolai at the end of season five. And a lot of people were like, I think that's Dr. Curdle Jr. It kind of sounds like Dr. Curdle Jr. Mm -hmm. And now here they're sort of like disguising it a little bit more, I think. Oh. I think it might still be him, but they were probably disappointed that so many people guessed it. I mean, yeah, that's probably true. So I don't know. That's still, I I still think it probably is him. I'm still not entirely clear what TBK's motivation is in the first place. Yeah. Or why Dr. Curdle Jr. did this. I'm going to be fascinated to see what they come up with because you know it's going to be stupid. Yeah. So he got in with Glenn's access card and also brought Glenn's arm with him. Cute. Brutal. He's like, I had to come see you when I heard that you almost died in the explosion. She gets a call from Archie because he like hurt himself and needs to tell her about it now. And then TBK basically says that he might go after Archie next. And she's like, well, he'll destroy you. We'll see. <laughs> she's like, well, well, you can't do anything because my boyfriend is super mammer. Yeah. We already talked about this a little bit, but this is where I put my note that was just like, this is just a black hood again. Wants to cut Betty off from all the people she loves, is special about Betty. It's, you know, it's just the same thing. You're sends right. Her, sends her things in boxes. You're right. So she's handcuffed to the thing and he's like, missed our chats. Bye-bye now. And he leaves. It was, it was weird. Okay. But like, I, I gotta tell you, I don't really see the point of this entire storyline. Yeah. I'm just like, it's, it's cool. You know, it's like, it's interesting. I'm just like, what? I'm not really sure what the motivation is here. I, I feel like the motivation for the whole storyline was to get Betty to leave town. Mm. But I don't really understand the point of like, well, I guess as I'm saying it, I'm starting to process the fact that they had to introduce the fact that Betty and Archie's powers can be nullified by something. Mm. And that TBK, they had to put a red herring in and be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's this guy Dennis. And then the big reveal later, Dennis it's not Dennis. Junior. It's, it's not Dennis. <laughs> right. Dennis will obviously end up being a victim. Yeah. Because this is just the Black Hood storyline over again. Which is what happened to Svensson. Yep. 
Except Svensson wasn't a bad guy. He was just forced to do something bad. But Dennis, yeah, 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 Dennis yeah. is clearly an actual bad guy. Yeah, Dennis is clearly just kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into part two, we're going to really quickly talk about Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. We do? Yes, it's patreon.com slash aficionados. We have some really cool perks there that are sort of like incentive for you to join. Um, they are monthly donations. $1 a month gets you early access to every single one of the podcasts. All the other ones come out a week in advance. This one comes out a day in advance because it's a weekly show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people think it's worth it for that extra day. $2 gets you access to our Discord server. $5 gets you 10% off at shopylux.com where Brittany sells stuff. Hi, Brittany and Brody where I sell stuff. And uh, Lost and Found Candle Co. where one of our other hosts, Casey, sells stuff. <laughs> so check that out. Um, my... Personal favorite is the $10 level, which which gives you our Patreon-only podcast, which is called OK Love You Hi. Uh, we talk every two weeks for about 45 minutes about just whatever we want um, and whatever uh, the people who listen want. We take suggestions and uh, yeah. If you can't do Patreon, check out choppylux.com and the other places where I just mentioned. And if you can't do any of those things, just recommend us to a friend. That's free and it does still help. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Brittany did part two. I did do, do part two. Uh-huh. I do do. I do do. I do do. Okay. So Abigail rolls up to the white worm and I'm wondering like how she even knew how to get in there. Right. Because like, first of all, the entrance to the white worm isn't, you know, obvious. Yeah. Second of all, does she even know what ID is? Huh. Also, how did she get there? Is she not like marveling at the invention of cars? Yeah, right. Like there's so many things that they could be doing, but Abigail's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. It's a sure. brave new world. Mm-hmm. So she asked Tony what Tony knows about Abigail's one true love, Thomasina. And Tony is like, I don't know. She was like a school marm or something, yeah. which greatly offends Abigail. Yeah. She is like, Thomasina drank deeply from the juices of the world. Yeah. Hello? Ma'am, that's a little explicit. Why isn't Tony being like, um, what? How do you even know that? Why do you know anything about her? I never told you about that ancestor that I have. Like... And also, why are you saying such gay things? Yeah. That was out of control gay. Yeah. Sadly, of course, Thomasina is no longer with us. One, because, you know, it's many years later. But also because she was murdered by a warlock pirate. Yeah. A warlock pirate. A warlock pirate, which Tony finds hilarious. Yeah. Fang shows up and Abigail has to face the horrifying realization that Tony is dating her ancestor's murderer. Be nice to Fangs. That's not his fault. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't have anything to do with that. That's not his fault. I mean, listen, is Fangs also a murderer? Yeah. But, like... But whatever. He's a good guy murderer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that Abigail thought that she was getting butterbeer, but just got beer. And then she's like, can I have more butter? And Tommy, Tom, and Tony's like, no. Is butterbeer like a real thing? Isn't it? I don't know. Pretty sure. I don't know anything about beer. Me neither. The, the concept of it as it exists in Harry Potter is not a real thing. I mean, it's outside of fictionalized theme park drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, those are good. But I do think that it is... It was a thing that people used to do to make it less tart. Like, I think that it's rooted in something that existed in olden days. Oh, okay. Interesting. So she's like, can I have more butter? And Tony's like, I don't even have any. Like, why why do you want butter? That's weird. She's like, I guess I could go upstairs to Pops, but I don't really want to. But I love uh, her face when she's just like, Ben Fogarty! It's just like the sheer horror. And also... Like, Fangs comes in here and it's so cute. Yeah, he's just being sweet. And then she's just like, oh, hey, so sorry. Like, um, this was actually really inconsiderate of us. We told Kevin, but we didn't tell you. Because um, we told Fangs' ex, but we didn't tell my ex. And oopsie daisy. Honestly, that was a bit of a screw up. So she's like, um, like, if 
Cheryl was actually here. Actual Cheryl. I wonder how actual Cheryl feels about it. Um, actual Cheryl would be in complete denial. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so she's like, we knew each other since childhood and now we have a baby. And she's just like, what? You have a baby? And they're like, you forgot the child you helped to deliver? You, you were literally there. Yeah. So Cheryl's like, okay, I got to get back to Britta now. So, because uh, I'm her mother. Because she's a mother now, of course. So now Brittany can use Cheryl as one of the MILFs in her segment. And thank God, it's about time. And you're welcome. Thank you. So Betty and Archie commiserate over slowly losing their powers. Mm-hmm. Betty couldn't see TPK's aura, and Archie actually got hurt like a real human, which, that's unrealistic. That's not supposed to happen. That's unrealistic. So Betty, like, offhandedly asks, like, ooh, what could what could your kryptonite be? And because this is Riverdale and everything is literally, very literal, he literally pulls a rock of a mysterious object out and is like, oh, it's this. Yeah, this is it, literally. Okay, so it's palladium. Mm -hmm. Palladium's his kryptonite, so there's that solved. Yeah, but he did, he gave it to Betty to hold. I wanted to point that out. I don't know if that's ever going to come up, but he gave that palladium to Betty. I wonder where she put it. I don't know. Things to think about. So Dennis the workman obviously gave him the palladium. Betty says that TBK is jealous and scary and Archie should watch out. And unfortunately, TBK can indeed hear everything they're saying. So, Well, maybe TBK. At first I was just like, oh, Dennis probably bugged the house. That's what I thought is that Dennis had put like a bug there so that they could listen, like TBK could listen to it. Okay. But then when you see the shadow in the back, it's like, oh, so someone is actually like here and actively listening. Yeah, there's literally a person like... It wasn't sophisticated enough for bugging, you know? Yeah. Because it's Riverdale. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, Archie, be careful because TBK is jealous. And Archie's like, I've already been through this with Veronica and Hiram. And this time I'm invincible. Yeah. So I think I'm good. Hermione hilariously asks Ronnie if they can recreate their conversation about Hiram for the cameras. Sans all of the, like, admitting to crime stuff. Ronnie isn't really into it, but she agrees. Yeah. There's not much to this scene other than... She's like, can you just, like, talk about how you were taking me for granted? So that everyone who watches is like, oh my gosh, Hermione's so great. Like, yeah, basically, it basically shows that Hermione still values her fame Mm -hmm. above most things, including Ronnie. Yeah, she's like, um, no, it was a real conversation. That's And she's like, yeah, 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 that's why I wanted to have it on camera so I can remember it forever. Exactly. "Mm, You're full of crap. I think you missed a Jughead scene. Did I? Yeah. Okay, you tell me about the Jughead scene. Oh, basically he, like, goes to Daniel's office and he tells him to sit alone in the room for five hours and just write whatever he wants. I'm like, five hours? There's no water or anything? He's sitting in the exact same place when he comes back. I'm just like, five, there's no, you could have said two hours. You could have said three hours, but you said five hours? I wonder why he said five hours. I'm just like, that's so long. Oh, that's too many. I would get so bored. And he was in Daniel's office and then Daniel comes back. I'm just like, Daniel, what were you doing for five hours not in your office? He probably went to see like a movie or two. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wait. They the- have closed captions in movies. Yeah. I guess you, because uh, you gotta go to a special one to do that though, right? Yeah. Maybe he has an implant too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know Daniel's life. I know that they do have closed captioning and special things. I'm like genuinely interested. I would love to see a movie with closed captioning. Right? Yeah. Abigail is absolutely bereft that Thomasina Tony. Tony Cena? Tony Cena. Mm. Tony Cena is dating her ancestor's murderer. Nana Rose. (sighs) That sounds like John Cena's brother. It does. Thomasina! (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring it! Tony Wood. Yeah. Tony Wood. So Nana Rose, the stone cold bitch, 
tells Abigail that she brought her back to take Riverdale back, not to mope over a lost love. Mm-hmm. Abigail, who I think is, I think we've all seen a little bit on SETI, <laughs> is not into that and decides to lock Nana Rose in the family dungeon. <laughs> Yeah. What? Okay. okay. That's where Nana Rose is now, <laughs> yeah. I guess. So she's like, oh my god, Thomasina is in love with a descendant of Fed Fogarty. And it's like, okay, buddy. So it's Tony. It's not Thomasina. Like, she's that's, already that's, mixing them up. That's going to be her downfall. Like, she specifically says a descendant of Fen Fogarty. She knows that Fangs is a descendant, but she doesn't refer to Tony as a descendant of Thomasina. She no. refers to her as Thomasina. Exactly. And Britta's like, oh, she didn't know that he, she was dating Fangs. So she's like, I love teacher Gossip. <laughs> That's literally new tea for Britta. Yeah. I'm really happy for Britta that she got some new uh, mm-hmm. intel today. Yeah. Because she then, doesn't get to do anything else in the house. Yeah. Nana calls her serpent trash. And she's like, did you just call Thomasina ter- serpent trash? No, she called Tony serpent trash. Serpent means nothing to Thomasina because the serpents weren't a thing in the 1800s. I know. That's why when Abigail was like, serpent trash, I'm like, do you even know what that means? Yeah. And so Abigail's like pissed and like moves the wind and the creepy window stuff happens. And because for those at home still paying attention, mm-hmm. there's She's a magic in Riverdale. Yeah. And she leaves Nana in a room filled with hay. It's not a barn. Where is this room filled with hay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and why is it filled with hay? I kind of forgot that... Honestly, I just assumed that's just a weird part of the Blossom House. Yeah. They're like, yeah, there's hay here. Well, it was supposed hey! to be... It was kind of like the Sally House, right? So it was just like they were constantly adding rooms and stuff. So one of those rooms just happened to be a dungeon filled with hay. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a different dungeon from the one that um, they kept... Oh, no, that was a crypt. Mm. What's his face's body in? Oh, Jason? Yeah. That was Yeah, that was just like in the basement or something. Yeah, that was mad weird. Yeah, it was mad weird. You're right about that. Yeah. But I love the idea that they had all of these empty rooms and Cheryl was like, oh man, I gotta figure out like some furniture or something. You know what's less expensive than furniture? Hey. Just an assload of hay. And she's right. I'll just do that. Oh yeah. (laughs) My thought I had about this scene was that Abigail is going to have her cake. Abigail is going to have her cake and eat it too. Her cake. Her cake. So Daniel leaves Jughead alone with a pen and paper for five hours. Yeah. This literally accomplishes nothing. Jug doesn't write a thing. I imagine so because that seems like a really frustrating situation to be put in. So what was the point? Why didn't we just skip right to this? I'm just like, if I was Jughead, after one hour, after an hour and a half, I'd be like, this actually isn't working. And I would try and do something else. Like, you're telling me he sat there for five hours staring at a page. I mean, I guess so. I just... I don't really see the point of this other than for them to demonstrate, yeah, well, he tried writing on pa- uh, on the page. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, all right, okay. Five hours? Okay. I wasn't keeping track of that, but yeah. I mean, whatever. So Daniel comes back and hands Jughead a graphic novel instead. It's about his journey with deafness and Daniel wrote and drew it himself. So this is going to be like Jughead's new way of expressing himself and maybe he should give it a try. Yeah. I think it's nice that he was like, Daniel came back. He said, it takes time. He didn't judge me at all, which is really, really nice. And um, yeah, I just think Daniel seems awesome. I really seems like him. really great, really helpful. And uh, but if I was Jughead, I'd be like, hey, why didn't you leave me with this graphic novel five hours ago? Exactly. <laughs> I stood here for I sat here for five hours when I could have been reading this book. I literally could have been doing anything else. But instead, I did this because reading was on my list of things that I could still do. <laughs> and you didn't let me. Well, yeah, well, it's more about the creative expression, right? Like yeah. he needs to be able to do these things on his own. Yeah. So, yeah. So Anatole pays Ronnie a visit because mm-hmm. Anatole's back. He's fully getting ready to kill her when Geraldo shoots him. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Good old Geraldo. Yeah, she like to save the day. Well, she like looks out the window and everything and he's like down. I'm like, 
how did you have an angle to do that? How did you even see him? Like, it was deeply unclear that Geraldo just, like, had a spidey sense and then has, like, a magical, like, heat-seeking gun bullet thing. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe. We need to consider these things mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Ronnie suspects that Hermosa sent Anatol as payback for Hiram's death, and Geraldo is apparently aware that Ronnie had Hiram assassinated. Somehow? And is fine with it. He's like, yeah, I make it a point to know the Lodge's business. Like, I know everything about the Lodge's, and I'm like, She only why? told, like, two people about the, like, I, I'm i not sure how he knew that about the, unless her mic was live when she was telling Which, Hermione I about mean, it. But, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of a red flag for him to know about that when, like, zero people know. I completely agree, because when people know those sort of things about Ronnie and her family, it's usually so they can blackmail them later. Yeah. So I'm thinking this will definitely come back to haunt her. There's a line that Reggie says later that I think is like, it it reads just for laughs. And I thought it was funny and I really liked it. Okay. But it's when Geraldo comes in and he's like, hey, sorry to interrupt. And Reggie goes, damn, that dude is really quiet. And now I'm like, that's a, that's, hmm, that's a hint. He's been spying on you this whole time. Exactly. Hmm. But yeah, Anatol does say, like, Veronica does say that she did give Anatol his $2 million. Um, That's a fat payout. So much money. Uh, he also says that American women don't know what they're doing and just turn on each other, which tells us that it was Hermosa. But at first I was just like, I thought that it had been Hiram, honestly. I also thought it was Hiram. The minute it happened, I was like, Hiram's not dead. This is proof. Yeah. But then after hearing that tape, I'm just like, is this genuine or is this manipulative? You know, like, I think it sounds genuine, but I'm just like, if Hiram is alive, then it's manipulative. I think Hiram's alive and I think it's manipulative. Yeah. Because when you hear the tape later, I don't know, I did Anatol giving him time to record a last message to his beloved daughter seems mm-hmm. a little unrealistic. Yeah, and Geraldo says that he found the tape. Like, Geraldo's the one who gives her the tape, which kind of also feels sketchy. Yeah. He gives her the tape, and he says that he found it on Anatol. Why would Anatol keep that? Yeah, why would Anatol have that? And, like, if he was going to come and kill Veronica... Why would he still have it if he was if he thought that Veronica would be dead and not be able to listen to it? You're making some very good points. I think Geraldo is working for Hiram. I think Hiram's alive, and I think Geraldo's working for him. I think you're right because all of these things are adding up that it's that Geraldo knows things he should not know and has things that he should not have, and he's placed himself very strategically in the Lodge family. Yeah. I think Geraldo's working for Hiram. I think you're right. I think that Hiram hired Geraldo to take care of his mom. <gasps> Ooh. And, that, and so he knows that he knows Hiram. Okay. Okay. That's some big brain thinking. I, I could get on board with that. I have all the theories in the world and only maybe 10% of them come true, but enjoy them while they last. Well, you know? it's because we come up with all the good theories and then the writers are like, well, here's our crappy slap together solution. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I had better ideas. He also says that he doesn't see the Lodge family as black or white. Right, hmm. yes. So he's like, I have to know everything that goes on this, in this family. And I'm like, but you're not even in this family? Like, he's the godson, which is like, yeah, okay, that's that's definitely part of like the family. family. Friends, yeah. It's just kind of, who's who, who are his parents? I don't know. And I think that's important. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, so she's like, how do you just pretend that nothing happened? And he's like, I understand that the world is in shades of gray. And he's like, Veronica, no, the world isn't split up into good people and death eaters. You know? Stop. That's basically what he's saying. I will not have Harry Potter mentioned in this house anymore. You have to. Sorry. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that was the interesting part. He was just kind of like, you know, I don't judge people for having their fathers assassinated. And I'm like, you don't? 
That's interesting. And then later Reggie's like, me neither. Honestly, when when Reggie said it, I was like, that makes sense. But yeah. I don't know this guy. Uh, yeah. You know, he's mm-hmm. not my friend. Yeah. So Jughead is going to start writing his own graphic novel. Tabitha is absolutely thrilled with what, he, what he's written and drawn so far. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. It's easier for him to draw what he's visualizing and write what he wants to hear. Yeah, it's it, pretty. It's definitely, it's a great way to get... Jughead in a place where he's just authoring Archie comics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what I think. I think they, yeah. I'm like, if the big reveal is that Jughead's the one who wrote all the Archie comics, then I think that's adorable. But um, once again, like, I mean, this place doesn't know timelines, but like, you know, the Archie comics started in like, what, the 50s? <laughs> and Jughead's I in 2022. So. And like, also like, they kind of like showed up in like alternate timelines, but yeah. like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know? So the book is called Seen Not Heard uh, by Daniel Defoe. Um, he finishes the book and he tries to write again, but he can't, so he starts making the comic book. Okay, so his drawings aren't actually that bad. They're pretty cute. They're pretty good, honestly. Way better than I could do. And, um, I looked at the comic, I paused and I read it and everything, and it's just the story of, like, what happened to him and, like, how he lost his hearing and how he feels about it, which is basically what Daniel's graphic novel was about. Yeah, it's- So. It's processing a form of grief, you know? And yeah, Tabitha's just so happy that things are looking up for them and they like kiss about how she never like gave up on him and everything. And it's really beautiful. And I just love Jughead and Tabitha. They're literally such a good ship. And um, sorry to the bugheads, but these two are just so great. Yeah, I love them. Do you want to hear the the next scene? It's really short. Yep, I'm yeah. ready. Dennis hands Archie Palladium and then hits him with a wrench. Yeah. He That's found the, it. He found the other piece slash went and found another one because they learned what the- we, His what, kryptonite what was. The yeah. kryptonite was. Gives it to Archie, knocks him out. Honestly, fantastic twist. I gasped. It, yeah. Actually, all of us did when we yeah. were sitting here. Like, none of us saw that coming. Mm-mm. It's rare that Riverdale can surprise you in a, oh- that was a genuinely good and interesting twist kind of way. Yeah. Usually it's just us laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Betty gets a call that TBK is at the end of Sketch Alley. Instead of finding him, she finds a man who has paid $50 to wear like a hood mask thing on his head and deliver a message to Betty. The message is indeed Glenn's body parts. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Betty went and got Pops. And so she was leaving Pops when she got this phone call. And like, I try and my headcanon is that she was like, okay, what is the last moments of Glenn before he got taken? He mm-hmm. went to Pops. And so like... I like the idea that maybe she's, like, going in his footsteps or something to try and, like, solve it. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, yeah, she was hungry. Oh, yeah, she's hungry. Who is it? Yeah, she gets a call from someone in Sketch Alley, and it's just, like, a guy in the mask, and he's like, oh, my God, please don't shoot me. I feel so bad for him. I also feel bad for him. Like, it's once again, this might be evidence that it's, like, Percival, though. Why? Because he's exploiting... Oh. The unhoused. Yeah. And he got like 50 bucks to wear it and give a message to Betty, which is check the, check the trash cans. But once again, this is just the Black Hood again. Yes. Who put an innocent person in the same mask and that person got shot. Mm-hmm. This is just the Black Hood again, you guys. It, it, no, it is. Yeah. Um, these writers don't know how to do anything but what they've already done. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got for that one. Yeah. And so she checks it and she finds an arm in one of the trash cans. And I'm like, oh my God, she recognizes him just from his hand. Because she's immediately like, oh no, Glenn. But I guess like he's the only one that she knows is being currently. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think he's the only one being dismembered at the moment. Yeah, but who knows? Who I knows? mean, you never know. So true. Ronnie gives Hiram's eulogy at her casino, which I think is hilariously fitting. That they just have, like, a funeral. At the casino. Yeah. She says she loved the parts of her dad that were good and that did good things, like donating to charity and junk, but the parts of him that were bad were, like, I don't know, super bad. Yeah. She also reveals that Hiram covered the funeral expenses for Fred Andrews. I don't know if we knew that before. I think we did. I think did. we might have, but it's still nice to, know, to mention. Like, she apologizes to everyone there for his actions and for the fact that she'll always love him. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty basic eulogy, basically being like, yeah, he sucked, but uh, uh, he was my dad, so I loved him. Yeah. Hermione's filming the 
eulogy on her phone for the show, I guess, which I think was hilarious. It's so cringe. Um, and she doesn't cry at all. I mean, why would she? Yeah. So Veronica's like, I can't say he was perfect. He did horrible things to me, to my mother, my sister, my friends, my lover at the time, Archie Andrews. She names him. There's never a good time to use the word lover. There never is. She's like, my lover at the time, Archie Andrews. All the other people in this room don't know who Archie is. They, they don't, don't need care. to know who Archie is. Dude, you can just say he was your friend. No, you it's her just, lover. Just it's her lover at the time. With, just put him in with friends. You don't have to make it weird. She's actually just trying to point out that no one's tried to kill Reggie yet. I'll, yeah, if I was Reggie, I'd be like, hello? Be like, this is a target on my back, ma'am. So she's like, he did some not bad things, too. Like, he was a wrestler. <laughs> He was a proud wrestler at Riverdale High. Yeah, right. He donated to a charity of a rare diseases. Which disease? Which disease? We know. We'll never Which know. Disease Which disease was it? What disease did Hiram have? Don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. He also covered the funeral cost for Fred, who he didn't even like. <laughs> Bit cold, but all right. But I still loved him. I wish he hadn't done those bad things. It's really hard to sort my feelings. And then she brings up a child's willingness to forgive their fathers. And that's very meaningful to Reggie. I mean, and it, it's fair. You know, she did love her dad. Yeah, and at the end she says, I will always love my daddykins. And then I was like, that's a bummer, you shouldn't have said that. Can't believe you said that in front of all of these people. You admitted that you called your dad daddykins. Super embarrassing. I don't like it. It would have been worse if she had been like, my lover at the time, Archiekins. <laughs> no, oh my god, that would have been so funny. Yeah. Okay, get ready for something stupid. Okay. So Archie is in an attic, and apparently it's TBK who has him. Yeah. And TBK knew that Archie was vulnerable to Palladium because he overheard Archie and Betty, which implies that TBK heard that Archie and Betty have superpowers and just rolled with it. Yep. He was like, oh, okay, they have superpowers. Got it. That Got makes it. sense in this world. Yeah. That's logical. But not only that, but that he he believed it and didn't think they were crazy. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I better get some Palladium. Yeah, I better do something about this. This is so stupid. This is definitely a, this is an obstacle that is now in my way. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so um, TBK is going to chop Archie up with a palladium thing, I guess. When Alice arrives to drop off Bingo, who ruined Alice's heels. This show needs more Alice. Yeah. TBK has Archie get rid of Alice by saying he's cleaning, but Alice chooses to leave Bingo behind to run upstairs, find Archie and TBK, and then Archie says, Bingo, kill! And then Bingo pushes TBK out a window. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo, kill! I, I don't think that TBK is Dennis. I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. And Archie goes, who are you? And I wonder if he's being like, uh, what if he was like, I am Dennis. <laughs> like, Archie's just like, um, Archie's like, who are you? Not in the what's your name kind of way, but like, uh, like, and maybe, and maybe Dennis is probably a pseudonym anyway, even if he, if, if, even if Archie does think that it's Dennis, yeah. you know? So he's like, I heard her talk about blind spots. I heard all your conversations and I don't know why, but I know that palladium works. So I'm going to chop you up. It's so weird, guys. It's so weird. Super weird. He just, he completely believes that they have superpowers mm -hmm. and that he must compensate for that fact by getting some palladium. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, Alice shows up and he's like, uh, Alice, uh, go away. I'm, uh, cleaning. And Alice is like, okay. okay, whatever. She's like, later we'll talk about compensation because she wants him to pay for her heels that were her favorite. Uh, TBH, I think that's fair. And she's like, now I have to break in new heels when I could have just had mine. This sucks. Um, and then TBK says that he will visit Alice later. Yeah. Um, um don't like that. I'm definitely worried about Alice. I feel like that's maybe full, that's why also like why Betty is like, I got to go out of town. Yeah. This is not good. But I'm like, don't leave Alice alone. Well, she has Frank. Frank isn't living in her house. Well, he should. I know. And neither is Bingo. So she's, she's vulnerable. She is vulnerable. Please protect that MILF. Bingo kill. 
Stop! Bingo Gil, he goes out the window because he's a superpowered dog now, you see. And Archie, who doesn't have his hands because his hands are like zip tied behind him or, or roped or whatever, pets Bingo with his head. It's pretty cute. It was really cute, It's actually. pretty cute. I love Archie and dogs. Yeah. KJ also seems to really love dogs, so yeah. it comes off as adorable. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love dogs? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, that's how TBK went down. Or did he? Or did he? Ronnie says goodbye to Hermione and plans to spend Thanksgiving with her at the Barefoot Contessas. With, uh, with... Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. I wish for no. When Hermione hosts New Year's Rock and Eve, then what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then what? (laughs) Reggie tells Ronnie he loved her eulogy and now understands her relationship with her dad better, which makes one of us, bestie. I never understood it. He says that he has no place to judge her for having her dad assassinated. (laughs) Yeah. And then Geraldo finds them, hands Ronnie a recording, Hiram being his final moments at gunpoint, I yeah. guess. Who knows? It seemed really genuine for him to be like, hey, uh, well, all of a time here. Like, <laughs> right? like, why is he so chill? He's like, well, I guess we're at the end of the road. Uh, probably going to die soon. Yeah. Also, like the Hiram I know is not going to just roll over like that. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. I don't know. Weird. Hiram's not dead. I don't think Hiram's um, dead either. So Reggie says that he'll take Abuelita to the airport. And I was like, well, why isn't Geraldo taking her to the airport? Is Geraldo staying? What's Geraldo doing? That's a good point. But then I was like, maybe when he says Abuelita to the airport, he means Abuelita and Geraldo. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, fair enough. But she says, thank you so much for coming to the service because no one else came. And I'm sure they're very busy. And I'm like, I mean, they were busy, but also... At least in the scene I saw, you didn't even tell anyone, like, when or where the service was. Like, she didn't say it at the meeting. It's so stupid. And no one else has talked about it since. And, you know, Jughead can't write it into the newspaper. So, like, maybe your friends just didn't know that they were supposed to come or when it was. Like, you, there's literally no newspaper right now because Jug's busy. Yeah. You didn't tell, did you text them, bud? Mm-hmm. Did you tell anyone? No, didn't think so. Yeah. That's okay. So he says that he really liked her speech and it really meant something to him. So now he understands what she had with Hiram. And he's like, how could I judge if I didn't understand? And he also says that he loves her. Excuse me. Hello, he's a good boyfriend. Geraldo, if you're a new love interest, you can go. Oh, he better not be. It's only about Reggie. We have waited for Veggie for so long. It's only about Veronica and Reggie. Yeah. That's it. Not only have we waited for Veggie, we had to put up with alternate Veggie who were just absolutely awful together. Yeah. No, we deserve this. But yeah, Geraldo shows up weirdly quietly. It is like, hey, uh, this tape was on Anatol. Enjoy. Okay. Which I have my own suspicions about and I already spoke yes, about that. Yes, we did already. Yes, we did. Okay. So apparently TBK is this rando Dennis, according to <laughs> no. Betty and Archie. Dennis took a job on Archie's crew to keep close to Betty. And also, by the way, like, they, like you don't even, they don't even put it at the top. You gotta wait a minute to find out that he got away. Yeah. Like, this man is not dead. He just got away. Yeah. Good thing that Bingo remembered his commands from his dogfighting days. Yeah. Thank God for Bingo. Shout out. Betty says she wound up finding most of Glenn, including his head. So that guy's super dead. Yeah, he is dead. She now has to leave town to lure TBK away from Riverdale and keep the town safe, but then she'll circle back. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely, does it mean circle back after she kills him? Like No, she said that he was going to get like distracted by something. So she was hoping to like get him out somewhere else. And then he would like, I don't know, find somebody else to murder. He would go do that. And then when she came back around, he wouldn't be following her anymore. And I'm okay, like, oh, so you want to just... put everyone else in danger? Yeah, Got she could it. just arrest him. Yeah. That might work too. Mm-hmm. All right. Archie's a please, but he's like, okay, that's fine. Do what you got to do. But- uh, come back. Yeah. They're like, oh, I can't believe he was here in this house. Gross. 
And she asked where he hired Dennis. And he says that he saw an ad in Jug's newspaper. So I guess the newspaper is still coming out. It's just that Jughead's not writing it. Oh, yeah. Well, he did. Didn't he have like that little student writing yeah, team? Yeah, he had like a little so team. So maybe they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to think it was Dennis the whole time, but I just think he was working for TBK. Dennis the menace. And they're like, now we know what he looks like without a mask. Well, at least Archie does. And I'm just like, it's not Dennis. That's not him, bro. It's not him. It's not him. Yeah, Betty says she wants to leave to protect everyone, but I'm still worried about Alice. Yeah, um, I think, um, what if you protected your mom instead? Hmm? What? Yeah. She promises to come back in one piece and then Bingo has, gets some sort of off-screen demand, or command to leave because Bingo leaves so that they can make out. Which is kind of cute. Yeah. So Ronnie finally plays Hiram's gunpoint recording. He basically says he was never happier than when he was competing with her in their rum businesses. And I'm like, dude, you tried to kill her boyfriend like a lot of times during Mm -hmm. that time. He admits he constantly tested their boundaries with each other. This man is wrong for so many reasons. Also, apparently he stopped wanting a son the minute he saw Ronnie, but he said that at like her 13th birthday or something. So anyway, they just decided to retcon all of that. Yeah. And he was like, basically, I was obsessed with you and I loved you so much and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you abused her for most of her life. Thank yeah. you. She just like has a tape player too. She's Who just has a like, tape oh, great. Yeah, no 2022 problem. or whatever year this is. Um, yeah, Hiram knew he didn't have much time, which hmm. I, if he knew it was coming, he wouldn't just lie down like this. Thank you. Yeah, and he said that he wanted a son on her at her 12th birthday. So like, yeah. hmm, that was 12 years after you held her for the first time. They just undid a lot of toxic Hiram stuff, and I'm not entirely sure why, but well, like, whatever. Did they? Because then he's just like, all the crappy crap I did was all for you. Uh, don't put that on her. But if I was Veronica, made- I'd be like, you killed murdered people for me? Yeah. Thanks. Great. But like, they made it seem like it was romantic. Yeah. I just or wanted to test if romantic. you- romantic. Yeah. Out of love. Yeah. I, w- I was just testing to make sure that you could still love me after all my crap, and you did. And he's like, I always loved you. I hope you believe me. And he's also leaving her the rum business. I, I didn't even realize he still had the rum business. Yeah. Did you? I don't know. I thought they stopped talking about it, so I forgot about it. Exactly. And then we basically are just getting like a clip show of Hiram stuff. It yeah, I mean Mark Mark got his coin. Yeah, so it does him. definitely feel like a goodbye. I just like I just don't believe it. Like if the show had been announced as ending, I would have been like, oh yeah, this is it for Hiram. Yeah. But unfortunately it did just get renewed for another season. Yeah. So I don't think that's it. And I just like I feel bad for her because like she's gonna remember this for the rest of her life. Yeah. You know, she's gonna be like, uh, he loved me and he didn't realize that it was I was I was behind it and he Yeah, he loved her, but he also he, abused yeah. her. Yeah. It so was, it's like eh. Yeah, she's never gonna forget this. Yeah. And I uh, like if he's not dead, that is so crappy. But how very him. Yeah. You know? Yep. Abigail sees Cheryl's reflection in her mirror while she's brushing her hair. Cheryl isn't gone. She hasn't disappeared into the ether. Mm-hmm. She's still around. Yeah. Abigail smashes the mirror with a candle holder to stop Cheryl from trying to get her attention. Britta sees all of this from the hall. Yeah, what's Britta gonna do about it? Britta has the tea. Yeah. As per usual, mm-hmm. that girl knows everything. Yep. And but, I, but I also think that Cheryl's soul is in the spider. But then why is it in the mirror? I don't know. Okay. We'll but, see what happens. like, what was that random shot of the spider for, if not, you know? That's a good point. Jughead sits and rates his comic book. Suddenly he hears Tabitha wonder if she turned the oven on at Pops. And he's like, I can hear Tabitha. Did you just talk? And Tabitha was like, no. So he turns around, he goes back to writing his little comic book. And then he hears Tabitha wonder if she locked the door at Pops and he turns around and he's like, Tabitha, did you just wonder if you locked Pops? And Tabitha said, yes, but I didn't say it out loud. Hey, Brittany. What? Why would you lock the door at Pops? To keep it safe. Yeah, but why would you need to keep it safe? So that people don't break in. Sure, but why would they need to break in if 
Pops is open 24 hours. <laughs> Honestly, the way you just blew my mind. Why did you need to turn off the stove? Yeah. Why did you need to lock the door? I love when the writers forget the basic things that they establish in yeah. this universe. I yeah. think that's very funny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jughead can hear thoughts now. So um, there's his superpower. But he can't hear out loud speaking. He can only hear people's thoughts, which is interesting. That's usually, not going to be good for him. Yeah, because later, because usually when you get like thoughts, it's because you, and you can hear both of them. But he can only hear one, which is going to be weird. It's not going to be good for him, I think. He's going to overhear things he wished he never heard. Yeah, but if somebody needs to talk to him and they know about it, Tabitha can just talk to him via her mind now. Ooh, that's kind of cute. So that's kind of cute. Okay, I like that. And I like that she, when he asks her questions, like yes or no questions, she like shakes her head or nods her head because she knows that she can't hear. She like, can't, he can't answer hear verbally. Him. Yeah. And I also noticed I zoomed into the book that she was reading and she was reading Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Uh, it is a work of crime fiction and a family saga that takes place in Harlem between 1959 and 1964. Um, and it was published on September 14th, 2001 or 2021. So this is oh, a very okay. a recent book. And um, oh, lastly, um, he calls her Tabby. That was the part that I wanted to mention is he calls I her Tabby. Cry. It's very cute. I just, I love this show and I love Drughead and Tabitha. Tabby! They're Aww. very cute together. Tabby! Again, sorry to the bugheads, but the fact that he calls her Tabby, I'm like, that no, so I'm sold. cute. I loved it. I love it. All right, so now we're going to move into segments. Uh, my first segment is which character needs a hug the most. Uh, I'm going to give it to Veronica this episode with a, with an honorable mention to Jughead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Jug needs one too. Yeah, I think I gave it to him last episode. Oh, fair enough. But, okay. um, so I thought Veronica, but Jughead can also still have one. Okay, good. It was nice that Jughead can have one. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass? Even though Cheryl is technically a MILF, she wasn't very badass. Yeah. I guess locking Nana Rose, and I guess it's not even Cheryl. I'm going to give it to Tony. Okay. Just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sam stepped out, but when she texts me back, I'll tell you what uh, ship she's shipping the most. Uh, but my next segment is, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Is Hiram dead or not? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so Sam got back to me. She said, what is Sam shipping the most? Uh, Shoney. Honorable mention, Alice and Frank existing in the same room a couple times. So true. Uh, and now it's time for our best line word. My best line word goes to Geraldo and Reggie for... Sorry to ruin the moment. Damn, dude, super quiet. <laughs> Reggie's like, I feel violated that you saw my me making out with my girlfriend. He's like, um, yeah, but have you seen my girlfriend? She's like, mad hot. Yeah. Uh, can I also give an honorable mention to Reggie for... Should I say I'm sorry for your loss or congratulations? Oh, that one's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You should definitely do an honorable mm -hmm. mention for that. And mine goes to Archie for... Bingo, kill. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's too funny to not choose. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, moving on to our trailer thoughts. This is what I grabbed from the trailer. So first of all, we see Britta writing a letter and Britta's voice, I'm pretty sure, saying the world you are currently inhabiting is not reality. I wonder who that's to. I wonder Mirror if it's Cheryl. Cheryl it might be Mirror Cheryl. Yeah. We see a blonde person walking through Sketch Alley, and at first I thought it was Betty, but then later we see that's just a man. <laughs> it's just some guy. I just thought, you know, it's blonde, so it's probably Betty, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. Um, Percival wants to get rid of all the people in Sketch Alley. Veronica thinks there's something off about Percival. And she'd be right. We see a shot of Jughead looking freaked out. Penelope is back. 
Finally! And she yells, don't make me hurt you. And we also see a shot of, like, Cheryl in pigtails on the ground. So, like, my thought is maybe it might be a flashback to Abigail's mother. Oh, yeah, probably. Because Penelope's in, like, um, like, she's in, like, a face mask and she's got, like, her hair in curlers and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just wasn't sure. Okay. We see that that blonde dude holding up a hammer in Sketch Alley. Uh, Betty and Archie hugging. And then at a town hall, Percival looks over at Archie and Jughead and Archie and Jughead are looking at him super intensely. And Jughead says, and thus began the battle for Riverdale soul. At all times, Riverdale's soul is being battled for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, also, a huge shout out to the girl in the middle of Percy and Archie and Jughead, uh, fully not touching her hands while she's clapping. Um, Ooh. You're not supposed to, like, that's what you're supposed to do as a background yeah. actor because you don't want to hear the clapping sounds, but um, it was just close enough for me to see that her hands weren't even touching at she all. She was killing it. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to Sam and Emily for hanging out while we recorded this podcast. No thanks to Daily for barking while we were doing it. <laughs> Screw you. I love him anyway, though. Yeah. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this. iTunes doesn't even exist anymore. No. Anyway, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this, uh, leave us a review. That'd be great. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we talked about that show, too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, no spoilers. And now we're going back to do the good old days as a catharsis for the show that hurt us a lot. It sure did. Yeah. Uh, I am not there. Mm. So if you miss me, I won't be there. Sam will be there, though. Sam will, my wife will be there and she's the better half of me. Yeah. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. It's back soon-ish. I would, I mean, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. In like two months. I'm yeah. excited. So we will be covering season four. four. Yeah. We're going to post our like first thoughts uh, when it first comes out and then we'll uh, figure out what we're we'll going to do, do, like do for, the, for the long form ones later. Some, we're going to do something. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We are at the end of season three. It is our longest podcast, um, our most big brain podcast. We have guests over there and it's spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch along with us, I would be honored. Yeah, you Thank really you would so love that, wouldn't you? much. You can follow the Fiction Autos on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. And Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. That's true. Uh, our Patreon, like I mentioned before, is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive. It's free for you to listen to, but it's not free to make. So we'd really appreciate your help. And uh, there are a lot of cute little perks that you can get um, if you join our Patreon or check out um, the things that we sell. If not, recommend us to a friend. That is free. Do whatever you want. Forever. Yeah. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Um, our next episode is episode 608. It's called The Town. Um, the Town is a 2010 American crime thriller film co-written, directed by, and starring Ben Affleck. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah. Adapted from a 2004 novel, Prince of Thieves. Uh, it follows a group of Boston bank robbers who set out to get one final score by robbing Fenway Park. Wait, like, why do I want to watch that a little? Interesting. It looks like, should we watch it? It has, it had a whole list of, um, cool people in it, including John Hamm, who I'm deeply interested in. So. The John Hamm! I love John Hamm. Robin's a little crush on John Hamm, but it's, like, platonic. It's just like, um, you know, hold on, let me get you the list of the other people who are in it, but it's like everybody's just like, oh, you know, all the people I know are like, MILFs, DILFs, and I'm like, I guess. I was never, like, in high school being like, ooh, Benedict Cumberbatch, like some of my friends were, because I was just like, Benedict Cumberbatch is too old for me. The only DILF that I will allow is John Hamm. Is John Hamm. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating pick, but one that I understand. I love John Hamm. Yeah. 
Um, okay, these are the other people who are in the film. Uh, Rebecca Hall, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively, Titus, and Titus Welliver. I like that cast. Yeah. Titus Welliver was on Lost. It's like half the MCU at this point. It's pretty cool. You should watch the film. Okay. You know how it is. I will. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.